Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Spark Your Fire. We are back with our Friday wrap episode once again. Um, except this time, I'm sure that uh, the, the fact that Jazz and I made John do the opening last time has now pissed him off and he decided not to join us today. <laughs> Isn't that right, Jazz? He's a slacker. He's a big... Uh, John's, John's uh, obviously busy. I think he's in. He's actually in Canberra today uh, as, as we're doing this pod. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, must, be, uh, must be busy looking for properties now um, there. So, anyway, um, that's why I've got Jazz and me in the house today. So, we're holding the fort. Um, I'm not really an economist today, so I'm getting a bit nervous about what I need to say today, <laughs> I should say. Um, you know, the two, the two pillars, the two economist pillars of our uh, show, unfortunately, one of them is not in today. So, I will try to hold up as much as I can, uh, but please be gentle, Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, we'll make this uh, short and sweet. So uh, there's a couple of points uh, which I thought will it's it's worth mentioning and 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 bringing it to um to cover on uh, on today's news. So the first one is actually um, it's coming. I should say what fast and furious in terms of the interest rate rises. Maybe that's a good way of putting it, mate. <laughs> I love that. Fast and furious. You're that's right. it. Fast <laughs> and furious, mate. Um, just across our, uh, our, our uh, is it Tasmanian Straits, um, I can't remember which one. Yeah, I think it was Tasmanian Straits. The New Zealand, uh, the New Zealand's largest bank, which is ANZ, uh, has actually predicted an interest rate will have to raise or have to rise much further than it has previously forecasted, because essentially, um, you know, the the inflation is putting up a lot of pressure to um, to the um, to the central banks um, to the point where, you know, they are expecting they're expecting to a peak of three percent cash rate over the next fifteen months, and where they're sitting up now, zero point seven five percent. That's like two point two five percent rises within the next fifteen months, and that's like, so what? Um, two point two five in one and a half years, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I know our uh, governors always wanted to put the cash rate back up to 3% as well. We just don't know when, right? Mm-hmm. So what is that message telling us, Jess? So this goes back to last year when they started talking about transitory inflation. Mm. And I remember we discussing on the podcast, not sure how exactly this can be transitory, but they are saying it. So. We gotta wait and watch to see what happens. Came the December CPI imprint at seven percent, and all of a sudden, there's a coordinated effort between all the central banks to talk up the rates. Started with the Fed start of this year, which we discussed, I think, last week on the part. Mm-hmm. They were yeah, that. Uh, we did. Yeah. So seven seven percent imprint, and they're planning to rate three to four times this year regardless of whether they'll do it or not, but there's a talk, right? And now we have seen this article come out of New Zealand where they are talking about the same thing, Uh, almost two and a half percent rate rise in the next 15 months. Um, I know John was a little bit uh, reluctant in believing that the rates will actually rise this year, but I think it's gonna happen, um, starting with Fed. And New Zealand always is a story that uh, uh, Australia follows to some extent. So, yeah, will be very interesting to watch. We are already seeing the impact on the markets uh, with the whether it's the stock market, whether it's the 
property slowing down uh crypto is a bit of a gamble anyways but uh, obviously impacts that as well so all together i think it will be a very interesting thing to watch this year like i said last time the markets are going to be hard to navigate this year purely because talking is one thing doing is one thing right so mm-hmm. are they only talking or are they actually going to do if they're going to do are they actually going to rate three to four times or maybe just once and then scare the market and scare the heck out of the market so to be seen lot lot of things um in play yeah i think it comes back to you know the the key theme that that we spoke about last week which is it's it's very difficult to navigate based on the current landscape in terms of what we can see right um there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of how what 2022 is going to bring to us um and and like like you mentioned and like we spoke about last time as well um whether they're they're saying one thing but whether they're actually going to pull the trigger to do it is another question so um you know is this a scaremongering tactic um or is this is this based on you know whatever xyz facts that they have presented you know assuming these criteria and these conditions have been set aside then yes um you know they will be executing these um these actions essentially so and i think one of them is wage growth as well like i, I remember um our rba governor has always stated that the wage growth has apart from cpi which we know the inflation is kicking balls at the moment um but wage growth has also need to be able to hit to the level in a sustainable level in order for rba to be able to trigger that cash rate rises do you think later this year that will happen given the fact that the cpi and the inflation is currently just going going nuts i think we already seen that to some extent to be honest mm. uh, obviously not to the point where it should be but wages no, ne- never catch up to the cpi that's the reality of it if you look at the real cpi figures yeah. um, all right so i think the bottom the bottom line that we get from this is uh is essentially that um uh new zealand cash rate could be going up a lot faster and australia could also be following its footprint at some point in time um and we know that uh the rba governor kind of warranted back in 2021 that they're not going to touch the cash rate for another three years but having said that in terms of what they actually do last year um stop buying the three year bonds which you know caused the three years bond to spike overnight like crazy and causes all the banks to actually raise their mid to long term fixed rate essentially um you know it is basically i guess a starting indication to say that could be the start of the cash rate rises potentially and it could it come as early as this year i think in fact there was an article this morning in one of the financial newspapers cannot remember which one uh talking about that the rate rises in australia uh there's a very high likelihood that it can mm. actually happen this year and it will not surprise if there's an imprint cpi imprint of 4.8% in australia and likes of us which is what the path that australia follows yeah it's on person so there won't be any surprise over there which means the markets are going to be very 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 volatile right um every time there's a rate rise or there's a talk of it uh there will be some kind of volatility that we'll see in the market pretty much mm. right now within last one week we've seen the uh s&p 500 gone down by about 7% yeah 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 i think i think asset yeah uh, most most of the market's gone down pretty much between what 5 to 10% mm-hmm. um this week isn't it just just based on the fact that there's been so much talk about rising interest rates across the world not just australia and us 
and New Zealand alone, but yeah, pretty much across the world, isn't it? So that's causing a lot of fear in the market at the moment. I love the term that you use, fast and furious. This is actually going to be very fast and furious uh, yeah. if it goes the way they're talking about it, right? So uh, I don't think, for, the, for investors, I think it's time to be very, very cautious mm. the markets very carefully with what's going on. That's Especially with those people who have geared up a lot in terms of, you know, if you're, if you're someone who owns a mortgage at the moment and just, um, you know, I've kind of... I've kind of been talking to my clients to say, you know, in the long run, if you need to be able to hold out a property portfolio, you need to be able to probably plan on the fact that the um, the average interest rate might be hovering around the four to five percent. So you need to do your calculation on that basis to see whether you can weather the storm mm-hmm. when the when a cash rate does go up that high, and when your mortgage interest rate does go up that high, can you still afford the repayments? without stretching yourself out and still be able to sleep well at night. So now's the time to start preparing for that kind of rainy days, I should say. It's Yeah, exactly. I think you're bang on on that. Mm. It's just sad that likes of Fed come out and give you all the BS bullshit about, you know what, this is transitory and all. Whereas when an average person like us can, can see through that this is not going to be transitory and all of a sudden the statement changes, uh, all this is going to be doing is basically affecting the citizens of the country. So, mm. uh, not a justice to them, but that is what it is. Yeah, true, true. I guess yeah. Uh, you know, we can't control what's uh, what's being announced and what they what they say, but ultimately, I guess what we can control as an investor is what we do and how we react to things. So this is why, you know, it, it is it is absolutely crucial for us to be on the front foot. Make sure you look after your own household finances. Um, if you haven't time to review it, make sure that you um, you know you're, you're you're catering for any potential fast and furious rate rises in the next twelve to twenty four months, mm-hmm. um, so that you're safeguarding yourself because we know that it's just a matter of time that it will come. It will come. It's, it's, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But the question is when. So exactly. All right. Um, okay. So that's a bit of a warning bell for everyone, hopefully. Um, but just uh, yeah, that's. Uh, um, start to, it's a it's a trigger for you to start looking at reviewing that now on the other side of the world though if we talk about asia talk about china china central bank actually has just started to cut their key lending rates here uh, and if i could read out this key points from cnbc china central bank cut the one-year loan prime rate by 10 basis point from 3.8 to 3.7 percent and the five-year loan prime rate was reduced by five basis points from 4.65 to 4.6, the first cut since April 2020 at the height of the coronavirus pandemic in the country. When everybody else is increasing rates, they are actually looking at reducing interest rate. Just I'm scratching my head to understand why that's happening. Uh, so this kind of goes back to the Evergrande story that happened late last year. Uh, where the major property developer defaulted. And obviously with that, the sentiment changes within the market, whether it's the retail sentiment or the bank sentiment in terms of the lending and all. Right? Um, and they're clearly feeling that now. In fact, you and I were watching a video just before this, listening to what, what, what is actually going on over there. So what this is telling us is basically the tide is more going to more shift towards the emerging markets uh, was the developed markets because obviously if they are if likes of China and all are going to do a rate cut to stimulate their economy, which is exactly the opposite of the Western world right now. Western world is actually doing the rate rises to mm. 
deflate the financial markets to some extent uh, before the bubble pops essentially so um, uh, it's just yeah there's not a lot more to add other than that the uh, emerging markets are going to be the story of the year i reckon yeah i th- i think john will have a bit more information on this one because he shared this article yeah i i i think it's pretty clear with what's going on that uh, whether it's the Chinese market or the Asian market or the Indian market, they're going to be the story this year. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, but looking at, I mean, you know, their, their current, their current uh, prime rate is pretty high. We're talking about, you know, 3.8 to 3.7. It is a small drop, but, you know, they're still looking at 3.0, whereas what the Western world, like, you know, us Australia at the moment is on, what, 0.1 in terms of our cash rate. So... Um, it's interesting because, yeah, the, the economy must be going gangbusters uh, to the point where they can sustain that type of cash rate, whereas, you know, our economy, unfortunately, is still suffering. And we're on our way back, though. So that's why I expect the cash rate will be moving up, um, you know, shows the strength of the economy moving forward um, as the inflation kicks in, as the wage growth kicking. So, mm. yeah, that's just a developing world versus develop. Uh, yeah developing world worse developed world story essentially so yeah fair enough if you look at the likes of indian markets and all their interest rates are fairly high compared to the western world where it's almost zero percent i think Mm. the market interest rate is somewhere around from memory close to five percent cash rate or four four or five somewhere around that or maybe yeah so uh, and that's why probably they're going to be the growth story of the year whereas uh, we have inflated the financial markets in the Western world uh, fairly big time in the last year or two, I think. <laughs> it's fast and furious is not even enough to be able to describe how, how quickly they're printing the money now, isn't it? Basically, uh-huh. remind me of that meme from Jerome Powell, printing money using that gun. I'm sure you've seen that, right? So, yeah. like, It's like um, the speed of it is uh, kind of like if you're jumping on the airplane doing a skydiving the first 10 seconds you don't even feel because uh, you're in a free fall before the parachute kicks in right so correct. that's that's the speed that's a bad analogy maybe but that's the speed <laughs> which we inflated the markets last year so, so the 10 seconds they have printed enough money to be able to cover for the next decades or 20 or you know <laughs> next two decades basically more or less look at the balance sheet oh. printing or something jesus christ <laughs> anyway yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, yeah, so unfortunately, John is not here to join us with that uh, to make more commentary. But uh, yeah, essentially, I think this year, the key message takeaway is uh, this is um, this will be a developing country that's going to be on the uh, on the radar uh, on the spotlight this year, whereas the developed country, we're still going to be trying to recover, um, essentially. Okay. All right. Um, on a bit of, a, I guess, positive news, we covered enough. Negative news. I think negative news attracts eyeballs, but uh, we all like a bit of positivity here. The Aussie unemployment rate has been released for December and the unemployment rate has fallen to 4.2%. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's from 4.6% previously in November to a 13-year low. And it's talking about since August 2008 or 4.2% in December. So mm-hmm. that's that's a really exciting news, i got to say. Um you know, as always, the devil's in the details. Um, but, in, you know, the, the key points are the, the, the employment rose by about 65K in December with part-time jobs up by 23K and full-time jobs up by 41. Okay, so that's good. Basically, that means a lot more part-time and full-time employments in there. 
The participation rate was unchanged at 66.1%, so same as last month. The unemployment rate fell from 4.6 to 4.2, which we just talked about. The hours worked lifted by 1% in December. Um, okay, so that's up 3.7% on a year ago. So, you know, basically the, num the amount of hours um, has increased. Although I'm not sure whether productivity is the same though. The hours work doesn't necessarily equal to productivity. So <laughs> you never know, you never know. When you're working from home, the one hour productivity might not be the same as if you're working in the office, right? So yeah, jazz is working there. So hey, I've been un un unemployed for a long time. So there's a, there's a good chance I'll get a job. Same, mate. Every morning I wake up and I feel like I'm unemployed, right? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so anyway, um, in unemployment across states, territories, New South Wales, 4%, Victoria, 4.2%, Queensland, 4.7%, et cetera. So it's all looking pretty much uh, on average. But there, I think the key takeaway is the December uh, unemployment rate has reduced, which is, which is really good news. However, um, the main thing here is that uh, this is, this. Uh, don't forget the Omicron uh, variant has only started having its own impact towards mid-December and it's full swing towards Christmas period, okay? So, um, and, and, and obviously from what we're seeing now in January as well. So on that basis, the December data looks a lot rosier because, I mean, the Omicron hasn't had its full swing at that point in time. And I would probably say that, with a January data would look at would look wouldn't look as rosy as what we had in December, because unfortunately the impact of the Omicron um, variant. Mm -hmm. But then again, um, as they all expected, I think at the moment we're looking at New South Wales and Victoria already peaked, and we're now looking at turning. So we're so you know hopefully it's only going to go downwards from this point onwards, and. Therefore, the economy um, will be start kicking back in the engine probably starting February, March, um, and um, and a really strong bounce back um, from that point onwards, which ties back to what we're saying before, may force RBA to raise their cash rate um, towards end of the year, as early as end of the year 2022. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Anything to add there, Jess? Sorry, just to add to that one thing, uh, this goes back to, again, the US story that we were talking about, right? The print mm -hmm. was 7% in Australia. It's roughly about 5%, 4.8, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, along with that is the, uh, the inf uh, sorry, not the inflation. Uh, the unemployment figure is pretty good as well, right? So depending upon how we go with the Omicron, uh, I think... It's likelihood we'll see a rate rise in Australia as well this year. I know John is going to be contradicting this point big time, uh, but I'm with you. There's a there's a chance, uh, or at least I think that there's going to be a rate rise later this year in Australia mm -hmm. as well. Okay, let's see. Yeah, because ultimately, how how this is going to pan out and whether that whether there's potentially another variant that kicks in again, um, we don't know, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, I think uh, obviously the amount of money. Yeah, sorry, I don't think the variant is going to matter anymore. I think this one is going to be uh, more like a kind of a, not a final variant, but nail in the coffin for COVID to become more like a normal flu. Mm. And even if there's a new variant, it's just going to be uh, normal life after this. This COVID normal has to go, and I think it's going to happen this year. Well, I'm sure everyone is, uh, is it will, will be up voting for uh, some normal life as we all do as we all want um back to the uh back to normality will be uh what we want if so we yeah the normality in australia this year i promise you i'll leave the country <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, you left and you came back, mate. You left for Moo, right? You went there and then you came back. <laughs> Melbourne is such a great place to live. Uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good man. Um, and then, okay, and, and, and basically in addition to that, I guess the reason why we keep on saying kind of RBA has potentially has that pressure to write, um, to increase the cash rate, um, was partly because, I mean, this week, the Westpac chief economist, Bill, Bill Evans, um, has, again, predicted the central bank would have to begin raising interest rates in August with a 15 basis point rise, followed by a 25 basis point hike in October. So that's talking about 0.4% increase this year to the cash rate, which would bring us to 0.5%, basically. So it's moderate. It's moderate, and I reckon that might, you know, that's that's likely, and it's not going to kill everyone, right? Because 0.5%, I mean, yeah, it's it's a small, right? Yeah. It's small raise, and uh, essentially they 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 might do that, and then they essentially they're going to assess, review, and see how everybody's doing, mm. and then and then decide what they will do next. Yeah, I agree. All right, um, so that's the unemployment rate, and um, okay, so talking about. Property markets, uh, to in, in general, we all know that Brisbane is hot, hot, hot. But, um, and that's it. And it comes no surprise that basically the Southeast Queensland land prices are now soaring over the roof. So this is an article from AFR, uh, most of our favourites, basically saying in the low supply, um, you know, in the case of a low supply, meaning high demand. Agents and developers say there are now twice the number of buyers bidding for few major land parcels in the Brisbane, Gold Coast, and Sunshine Coast Development Corridor, pushing prices to record levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, who would have known? Um, I think it's the same across the whole Australia, actually, to be honest. I don't think it's just specific to Southeast Queensland um, because I know that Sydney land prices have also jumped up a lot. Um, and that's just throughout last year. You know, if we talk about some some people who bought a block of land in Sydney, potentially in 2020, in 2021, when it settles, the valuation, I would say, mostly would have gone up by maybe 100 or 200K. I've seen where it's 200K plus uh, in that instance, which is pretty nuts, I've got to say. You know, in one year, the land prices in terms of the actual valuation mm-hmm. and the amount of prices they're actually selling for these land, the same, you know, same size, let's say, for example, 300 square meters block um, where they might used, to say, might used to sell for 500, now maybe selling for 700, 750, or even eight, or pushing towards 800, which is absolutely crazy. So I think this is the story that Southeast Queensland has also fallen. Yeah. There's and just plus, so much demand. Yeah. And plus the interstate migration that it has been seeing. Yeah. It's catching up. So I think, you know, in terms of our predictions um, this year, you know, Brisbane is still going to do, still going to, the sun's still going to be shining in Brisbane. That's for sure. Okay. Awesome. All right. South of Queensland. So that's all good. Um, Mind mind, mind you, this is going to slow down as well with the start of the rate rises or the, as the talk becomes more bullish in that. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I think, you know, we, we all know that uh, the, the demand is somewhat driven by the, the interest rate to a degree as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, when there's talks about interest rate rises, that's going to impact the investor sentiment, that's going to impact buyer sentiments, and therefore going to stop uh, the activity um, or basically pause the activity so that it's not as crazy. So, mm-hmm. 
Cool. All right. Um, I think that's pretty much the key news this week, Jazz. Uh, is there anything you want to cover on crypto or in general property markets? Anything you observe? Uh, we said that start of this month that it's going to be hard to navigate the markets because uh, job owning is one thing, doing is one thing. Uh, so uh, take it as you will, I guess. I think there's a lot of fear at the moment in the market, isn't it? Especially whenever there's tanking. Um, and, 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 you know, news like these, there's always going to be a lot of fear. Um, it's just part of human nature, to be honest. Um, but I guess, you know, the investor side of me look at it slightly differently. Say, if you've got a bit of spare cash available and you're happy to take a bit of risk, now might be time to be able to pick up something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's why it's, it's it, it, I mean, it comes down to the type of investor as well. Are you... Mm. Are you a short term, medium term, long term, uh, ultra long term? So yeah, if you're, if you're long term, ultra long term, then none of this matters. It's all irrelevant. Uh, whereas if you're planning to get in during the day and get out in the evening, yeah, good luck with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how many people can actually make much profits, you know, by just day trading in that sense. But I'm sure there's going to be some smart people that does that. Um, just doesn't fit our investment philosophy, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, that, we are. For that, you'll need some insider information. Um, we're working on that. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> I'm still waiting on that inside information since we started this podcast, Jazz. <laughs> uh, I do go inside the house, but I never find any information. <laughs> Uh, all right. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, in general, I think, uh, you know, January is usually pretty quiet anyway. So from the property market perspective, so uh, I'm sure John will be able to give us a, a, bit, a bit of wrap next week when, um, yeah, when we're all back on deck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, other than that, anything else, Jazz? That's it. Wrap it up. All right. To the listeners, going to be a uh, roller coaster ride, like we said last last week, I think. Uh, Stay safe, stay safe. Don't over leverage like always. And we will see you guys next Friday.